0: Anyone who's listening, welcome back to the scarves only know. I'm Tom. I'm here with Jenny, and we have a very special guest, Mr. Ed. Um, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself, Ed? Yeah, I'm I'm Jenny's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yes, maybe it'll can...
1: probably be uh, a very informed episode. Um, just because he's probably the most informed out of all of us. <laughs> Um and this I'm whole week right. <laughs> No what no yeah. <laughs> um but, uh like this whole week I've you know been passing by his his zone and he's I always I've been seeing like you doing all your research um I think like literally at the beginning of this week you were already watching like Beach Boys content like I'm not sure what you were but Mama told me that you were watching like a Beach Boys movie or something. And then.
2: Yeah, and endless Harmony.
3: Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Cool. And then um, even up to like an hour before this podcast, he was jamming out in the basement. So.
2: To today. Yes. To today. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Just to remind me of the song. Yes. But I I remember that it was today and it was also uh, this album that we're talking about here today which is summer days and summer nights exclamation, yes, yes. Point, night, exclamation, exclamation point, point exclamation point exclamation forget point
0: about the and summer nights double exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> um, So I'm glad yeah. to be here. Thank you for having oh, me. Yeah, we're glad to have you. I'm so glad it worked out. Um this is a, an exciting record. Jenny told me this one's your favorite or one of your favorites. It is because it
2: just it just
0: you know I I love pet sounds but um
2: the kind of things that I, I like to hear from them, and it's not just the uh it's not just the, the the songs themselves as they are, but also the potential of what they have. Case in point, help me, Rhonda. Yeah.
1: Totally. we are are you refer are you referring to today or to Summer Days? Today,
2: or- today, but I can I can I can move over to Summer Days, Summer Nights. <laughs> okay. Know.
1: Okay. Because, yeah, we, we already did today, so I was like...
2: <laughs> oh, you did today. Okay.
0: Today is like... um, I'm going to talk about it's... it a little bit, though.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's
0: totally fine. I mean, it's, yeah. I think we were we're going to be talking about today a lot um. anyways because it was released, you know, within several months from... It was after today, but it was kind of their response to the studio capital being like, today di- isn't selling so well. Like,
1: yeah, uh, we need beaches to, and girls again.
3: The
2: yeah, bars yeah,
0: like <laughs> and the beaches and the girls. Yes, <laughs>
1: but,
3: not so
2: much about relationships because today is, there's a lot of relationships in there. It's, yeah, it's, you know, help me, Rhonda is about you know, help me get her out of my heart, right? The heartbreak and 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 dealing with it. Um. So yeah, it's just hey, go back to being beach with. But I, I don't know how many times they were, they were told especially after today or concluding today on summer day and summer night, go back to being the beach Boys. Definitely after, after, uh, uh, a pet sounds,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right. Go back to being the beach boys. Come on, let's sell more. Although pet sounds, I mean, it has one of my favorite tracks and that, that's, uh wouldn't be nice. I mean, my goodness, what a great track. Yeah, uh, it's beach boys, I mean, everything to me. And I'm sure they said, Hey, give me some more like that. And then they, you know, uh, uh, then it, it comes over the Caroline No, which is very it's, it's very dark. And hey, you know what? Just kind of uh, uh, back off a little bit. Let's not talk <laughs> about sun and 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 surfing girls in cars, right?
0: Yeah, it seems like their the whole like car- their whole career was like a constant push pull until like really the fans and even the the record company, like, subsided and they were just like, well, um, whatever the hits are, you made them and you have them and now we're going to re-release them all together. And that's kind of, like, I feel like what it ended up becoming. But all along, I feel like what we're trying to figure out on the show, like, we're talking about, like, kind of Brian's songwriting and, like, his mastermind. And I think it's present. Like we talked about it last week with Love You, which is a very, you know, 1975, much later, full decade after this record, uh, Summer Days. But it's like, um, it, like he, Brian was able to write pop songs that were not just the surf, surf songs, and uh, they had a lot to them. They were love songs too, but um, that's not necessarily what everyone wanted at first because it was different but right yeah but we'll get into um the history and everything the beach boys summer days and summer nights their ninth studio album uh follow up after today the beach boys today our pilot episode released on july 5th 1965 so i think we should release this episode on july 5th if you guys are uh, we should agree to that um sounds good yeah i think that could be a fitting like on the album's birthday it's such a summer record i mean it's appropriately named there was a re-release in the 70s that where the album capital put it out again um but they renamed it california girls which i guess you know that is the big hit from this record but i think summer days and summer nights matches it just as, as fine. It's a very fitting title. As I mentioned earlier, Capital was upset with the low sales of the Beach Boys today, and they wanted them to return to songs about surfing cars and teenage love. But then even within the group, it was noted as a hard time because they were presented with like the <laughs> kind of an ex like an inverted existential threat to the group because they were being commanded to do a certain thing and they were like well we don't feel like we want to do this one thing all the time i wrote down a quote from carl wilson where he said there was a time when it was uncool to be into the beach boys and we did that album referring to summer days It started to bother us doing the same stuff because we thought we were trapped into having to sing about a certain thing. So I imagine it was very kind of conflicted time because there's still a huge pop group. And this is like right when they're starting to. I mean, the Beatles are are huge and they're starting to feel some competition. Um, leading up to Pet Sounds, where that was kind of, to me, what I've seen in my research is like when they were really neck and neck. And then, you know, everything after Pet Sounds and, you know, the the Beatles go on to um, after Revolver and all all their albums after that were really groundbreaking. But it's it's a really exciting time, I think, like the mid to late 60s. Um, In this one, I think you see after today, which today was the big derivative, I think, from their surfing songs. And then the record's like, okay, go back to surf. And this they are doing that here, but I still feel like like okay, we're getting even closer to pet sounds with this one. It's very textured and I really like this record. I don't know what do you, what do you guys think? Just like overall. i mean, we'll we'll talk about ratings after, but Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I like this a lot. I I think this was the one that I listened re-listened to the most out of all of the ones we've done for the episodes. Um and I agree with the house there are little little bits and pieces that kind of act as precursors to pet sounds. Um I I yeah, I have notes about it um under specifically Let Him Run Wild just because I felt I felt, I saw little little bits of pet sound in there, which was cool yeah but yeah it's very classic it's very classic beach boys this whole album it's like the peak they're hitting their stride and their competition like you said so
2: so what i what i'm seeing here on on, on uh, summer nights is is they don't have just the cars the girls in the surf it's places as well right amusement Park usa salt lake city girl from new york city it's it's all kind of that So those, to me, aren't as strong as some of the highlights are. Yes, and this is definitely a, hey, you got to get these songs out here. You know, the Beatles came out with Help. They came out with Rubber Soul. What are you going to do to do that? Well, just get something out. And this is more like a, I'm going to get something out, right? Uh, But then again, you have the redo of Help Me, Rhonda. And, of course, you have California Girls, which is a super high point in their career.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, these. I mean, this this one's got some huge hits. Like some of their their all time greats um are on this 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 record, which I think could could be good. Like for us to just start listing the tracks. It's really interesting, Ed, that you point out places, because that's something I hadn't even thought of yet but it's right in front of us right they that? i mean they did hawaii before
2: then you know straight to hawaii back in it i forgot which album it was but uh-huh. but uh this is you know hey let's let's put some places there get people to identify with some of these places music park usa hey it's the whole us that so they can have somebody
0: uh, relate to it right yeah mm-hmm. like in usa but there's as for the track list, side one track one is the girl from new york city which is a minute 54 seconds. This is, uh, I I mentioned on the last show that I've been consistently impressed with the first track on each Beach Boys album. I just think they're really good at opening their albums. And I think this is another good first track. It's really catchy. The melody of the chorus kind of hit harder than the main melody of the verse, but I like both of them. Do you guys have any notes on that one? The girl from New York City? Another place reference.
1: <laughs> and another girl reference, um, because we got California girls uh later on in this. But uh-huh. um yeah, when I first listened to it, I was like, hey, they're cheating on the California girls. But <laughs> I thought about it more and I think I like to think of it better as a balancing bookend, even though it's not like start and finish, but yeah, it's just very satisfying. But um, as for the song itself, it didn't really, like, it was, I liked it, but it wasn't exactly breaking any new ground or it wasn't, I don't know. Um, but then again, this whole album is very, very, like, classic Beach Boys sound for the most part, so.
2: For me, you know, it's one of those get in and get out songs. Just just get out there, exhibit your what what, what you're trying to say and do it under, Two and a half minutes, right? A lot of their songs are like that, and that and sometimes I appreciate that i mean when it, when I go through an album, maybe I don't want to hear the the whole six minute version of something. This is two minutes and and a lot of these songs are uh less than two and a half minutes it's It's crazy I get in and get out it's it's uh, just show' them what you have just get, and I'm sure that they're very uh, efficient uh with what they needed to do on this album
0: yeah they're so good at that and it it drives me crazy because i'm like how can you consistently have like songs that are under two minutes or just you know at least under two two minute 30 that are like so clear and concise but actually like sometimes get a whole song across i i know when we did friends we were talking about how we felt like a lot of those songs on friends got cut off and those were really short songs but this one I mean, this whole album, again, like we're talking about an iconic record, and it's 26 minutes, I think, or around that for the whole runtime, I think. It's around there, yes, definitely. But yeah, that takes us into track two, Amusement Park USA, just what we were just chatting about. Um, I think, like in terms of the title and also like their, their writing style as As uh, adding USA to the end of you know surf surfing (laughs) USA, it's kind of it's that universal feel that we're talking about. At least in the United States, it's not literally universal, but you know everyone in the states can relate to it because we're all part of the USA. And that's right. Uh, the opening the opening riff, not like guitar riff, but the opening vocal. Let's take your car and mess around at amusement park USA. It kind of reminded me of Little Saint Nick. Um Not that. like the just <laughs> just the way that it unfolds but they're they're just so good at creating a world and then having the sound the literal sound of the track match the world like it feel the song the keys on the song sound like something you would hear at an amusement park and obviously they had all these vocal actors for this and I mean, the laugh uh, is really...
1: Yeah, the, that's, that's the thing that kind of... The elephant in the room, the laugh amusement the part in Amusement Park, you Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely was a jump scare during my first listen. Um, definitely a little unnerved by the maniacal laughter. But <laughs> after, I've grown to appreciate it because I think this might be one of my favorite tracks, if not my favorite. Um, just because like, I just like everything about it um Love amusement parks. oh
3: <laughs> um. well, it's
2: it's it, it has the uh, you know the, the the great parts, the, the creepy parts, you know the, the the uh the temporary parts of amusement parks, right? Somebody sets up a an amusement park in half you know half a day, and there you have it, and then it's 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 there for seven days and it's down like any other any other fair. It's it's like a lot like that, and I'm just going to mention Laughing Sal to you.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, Jenny, <laughs> we might see her if when we go to San Francisco,
2: that is right. Yes, we, we might can see, see laughing, go Sal. La- laughing Sal.
1: Yeah, uh, for those who don't know what funny. Laughing Sal is, um, it's uh, she is a giant laughing animatronic that resides, one, I think, one of her resides at uh, the like mechanic arts museum in, uh, yeah in san francisco, in san francisco. In
2: pier, <laughs> pier 41 yes uh she's there she, and she's also in, in santa cruz california she was made for one of the the roller coaster companies they said hey you know what you want a fun house here you go here's laughing Town. and there was a, another the, a male counterpart i forgot what his name was
1: oh but yeah
2: i remember him super super creepy yeah yeah we'll send you a link
1: yeah insert yeah. <laughs> <certain> right here <laughs> so,
0: so you can have a oh, yeah. nightmare yeah <laughs> In the video, it's going right now <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, wow,
3: was,
0: um, uh, amusement park uh animatronics like can be so haunting but yeah that, i think that's like the laugh but but like you mentioned ed it's all there like they really describe it through the music and through the lyrics where you get a lot of imagery of an actual amusement park. They're listing different places. They talk about Disney. Um, and like it it's got a lot of uh like variance in, in this the types of parks that they're referring to because obviously, you know, the the traveling amusement park or the fourth of July, which I'm sure right. tons of Americans, you know, this, this week will be attending amusement parks in their local towns there's one in my town that they're setting up now. And it's just like, it, it comes every year. And so I think it's it's an element of nostalgia that's very familiar to everyone. And that I think that kind of relates to that. Like whole, yep. I don't know, connection. Mm-hmm. and You know, really trying, I think they're trying to get relatable tunes. And that's kind of the idea of a pop tune anyways.
1: Yeah. Um, Was what, the guy who did the talking segment in the middle of the song with like the carnival barker and like the couple, was it all the same voice actor or,
0: you know, that's a good question.
1: I feel like it was, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just very intrigued because yeah, it was silly. I liked it. <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. I'm assuming it was, well, actually I don't know,
0: but I'm assuming it was not one of the beach boys. Oh, wow. Know. Okay. Brian Wilson is credited as to, to the laughter.
3: Oh. Okay.
2: <laughs> that um, makes sense. He's quite the laugher. You're gonna hear that on the uh, Beach Boys Party.
0: Uh Hal Blaine, the the drummer. The drummer. Yeah. Is of the of the uh, wrecking crew. Carnival Barker.
2: Oh there you go. Okay. I didn't
1: know oh, the okay. wrecking crew did like that kind of work too. Yeah, Just they, like, they throw him in there. Anything
2: that Phil Spector or, or uh Brian asked them to do. So but it's nice yeah. that they, they mentioned Palisade Park in New Jersey and uh Salisbury Park, uh Euclid Park in Cleveland, Riverview Park in Chicago, Riverview Riverview Riverview, Riverview Park, I how to say that, oh, okay. And uh the old Pacific Ocean Park in in uh in Santa Monica. Um mm-hmm. and the field pier as well.
0: Big and Disneyland, sorry, Disneyland too. That place. Of
1: course. Yeah.
0: And I feel like this side is kind of like you can feel the spirit of that on this whole side. Like it is very kind of amusement parky and sound sonically with the, with the keys and everything, but it's also very like pop pop song driven with the the next track being, then I kissed her, which is kind of like the male twist on, then he kissed me by the crystals. Yeah. yeah, uh, This is another really famous one. I think it's a good take of the original. Um, what did you guys think about it?
1: Um, I've never actually taken a listen to the original, but um upon first listen, um, I have in my notes that it says, I feel like it could be a Wes Anderson boys West Anderson <laughs> Beach Boys song. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I feel like if it was like slightly more upbeat, I feel like he would use that in his little selection of Beach Boy songs that he has um in his films because it's very, I don't know, like <laughs> I can imagine like a stop motion character dancing really corkily to it. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, it's very storytelling too. Like it kind of, you know, it's very through with its narrative
2: devices.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so big fan of the Crystals version. Uh, this Phil Spector produced track. Um, this this version. Very nice, of course, turning it around to, to the uh, male's perspective. And I love the chord progression. DVD <vibrating minorities> love that part. I mean it wasn't the original, but they do it really well as well.
0: Right. Yeah. They're they're so good at picking good good progressions on the songs that they're covering too. Like we saw it on the first track of today is do you want to dance which is not Mm -hmm. one of their original songs
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um but yeah like even even the covers they pick they they seem like they fit so perfectly on on there i mean my one note with this track was it's kind of like a very specific like want but it was like and maybe maybe some would disagree with me on this it's kind of just my my opinion but i kind of wish it was um like since it's the guy's twist on the then he kissed me, I almost wish it were then she kissed me. But that maybe just speaks on the kind of guy I am. I don't know. <laughs> Turn it around again. Yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. It's not a complete uh opposite or maybe yeah, I don't I don't know if this version is the right opposite or if that idea would be. I am not sure, but <laughs> Depends how you think of it. I said that's perspective.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Kiss did a version called Then She Kissed Me. Oh, they did. Oh, yes, they did. The band Kiss? The Kiss, yes, back in 1977 for Love Gun. I can't oh. remember it exactly, but I'm thinking that Gene, Gene sang
0: it. But <laughs> who knows. wow. Okay. I'm definitely going to listen to that.
3: Cause
1: <laughs> oh, wait. Father... Fun fact I never told you this, Father, but <laughs> I think I um, fun yeah. me. Why, my one of our friends in Can worked at a or a couple of our friends in Can worked at a production company, um called Arc Light that, like whose, like CEO is was besties basically with Gene Simmons so he would come yeah. into their office all like every day in Can and like <laughs> one of our like study abroad peers was like in the background of one of his getty images videos
2: oh Um, wow yeah that was
1: pretty crazy
2: (laughs) yeah he's a he's quite the businessman
0: (laughs) yeah it's not a band
2: it's it's not just a band it's a business as well oh Mm.
0: yeah. yeah yeah and apparently he's turned it around i mean this isn't a kiss podcast but (laughs) yeah. <laughs> interesting. interesting group uh my brother kind of got me into them a little bit i mean i don't listen to them as much but so you aren't you were not a corporal in the kiss army then right <laughs> yeah definitely not, more of but... a private yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah the the next track is called salt lake city which uh ed mentioned earlier this is like a very specific uh reference to a town credited to Mike love. Apparently he was really crazy about visiting and apparently the, the fans really love them in and salt Lake. Um, I, yeah, my, my, my notes are, uh, uh, this could be the, the Mormon anthem. And then also, uh, I, I also have the, the note that, uh, it sounds like every time they say salt Lake, like the, the lake part, like it, 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 they kind of like cut. It, they kind of like do a vocal thing where it's like Salt Lay, and they don't really like say the K E. They just kind of say Lay. And I wondered if it was because of like a pop that they might get with the mic, but then they say like where the kids are around, and so like I, I think it was just some kind of choice. Like I, yeah, but that was just my notes. Very odd and specific. Interesting subject. Yeah. All I say.
2: Yeah. Of all towns.
1: Yeah, I was definitely surprised because when I think of the Beach Boys, I do not think of Utah. Um, <laughs> but uh a cool little Easter egg that I found um was when they say and the number one radio station makes the town really swing, yeah. Um that line and lyrics. Um if you listen to well, it's less hearable in the in the like compressed digital version, but it's like you can kind of hear it there. But um, Dennis on the drums shouts K-N-A-K or K-N-A-K, which is like a radio, an AM radio station uh, oh, okay. in Salt Lake that apparently really uh played a big part in
2: their success. So in the, in the Midwest, well the the yeah. Rockies, I just say yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So right. that was the yeah. they they give a little shout out. So that makes I feel like that makes a little more sense for this song.
0: <laughs> yeah, they played like one venue dozens of times, like in a decade span, like from sixty-two to seventy-two or something. And yeah, like apparently it was they were big there. Um, so it makes sense that they would want to. Right, uh, and I'm in a
2: clean-cut American kid, so to speak. Right at the time.
0: Right. Oh, it makes sense, but but almost when you first hear it, you're like. Who is paying them to sing this song? <laughs> the mayor of Salt Lake maybe <laughs> the Chamber of Commerce or Yeah. Right. But yeah, good good tune. Um, <laughs> but then uh but then it goes into Girl Don't Tell Me, track number five. This is the first one that I noted for like loving. Um very Beatles to me, very kind of hard to get
1: story. to ride.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, like
1: exactly Ticket to Ride.
0: Yeah, and in this, it's funny because the the single ver- the re- the remake of Help Me Rhonda, which is right after this, kicked Ticket to Ride off the number one spot on the charts.
3: Oh, re- whoa! Yeah, did not know that.
0: No, but Girl, don't tell me. Do do we have any other thoughts? I just like it for its Beatle. I mean, it, it it doesn't feel instrumentally as like tight as like, you know. Like, no, no, but it but it's,
2: wise. well it, it seems like the the beach Boys actually played on that one on, on this track. Uh but it was the B size to to Barbara Ann for that.
3: Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Under yeah. forty five RPMs. On the forty
3: five.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was Carl think... Wilson who sang
2: it.
1: Oh. Oh. Interesting. Interesting well, I think i I read I don't know how true this might be, but allegedly I think Brian was inspired by a ticket to ride and wrote this and even considered like submitting it to the Beatles, but don't don't know how true that is. I saw it on like a YouTube comment, but <laughs> that's that'd be interesting if that was the case,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like like a Beach Boys take on like one of those mid '60s Beatles tunes, which I just love. Like, it feels like it could have been a Beatles tune, in, in the way that it was like constructed, and I'm sure like Brian did that on purpose. Like he was really listening. I'm sure like everyone was in his ear, like about the Beatles, and everyone's talking about the Beatles, Beatlemania. Yeah, I, I like that kind of. I like the sound of the Help era and like the Hard Days Night stuff where it's like very jangly and you know they all played rickenbackers and <laughs> i just I, I really like that sound yeah i have a phone casinos the other thing probably. oh yeah i have a phone yeah help me ronda which is a different version from the one that's on today which is very weird for me because i listened to the today version first which is the lesser known version than the single re-release and so i i had to do all the research because i was like well what's going on so help me Rhonda was re-recorded after the release of today um because they felt that there was some missed potential on it they felt that it could have been a number one hit and because of the way that they did it the first time around it just wasn't it was the the, the version that's on today was driven by a ukulele and a harmonica but then this version they switched it out for kind of a punching electric guitar playing the same riff and Mm -hmm. and they 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 claim that this is the version they got what the studio wanted and what they wanted still trying to decide how I feel about the two of them I think it's just that thing when you hear something the first time with and and you kind of develop an ear for it and then it, very weirdly, it was like totally. I was like, "Oh, there's another version on this, on this one, you know." But I don't know what you guys think of the difference between the two.
1: I hadn't yet taken the time to listen to them back to back to hear exactly to like look for the differences, but I think just based on my gut, like this one is a lot dif- more different. But I think I do prefer the summer days uh, version. Just because I don't know, I I feel like I am I am the mass crowds that the the record company is trying to peel because I'm eating <laughs> I'm eating everything up that that everything that's supposed to be a hit I love so it's sure. working.
2: <laughs> well, I think they were going for more the more of the Wallace sound wrecking crew sound. So, uh, there, I mean, there's three distinct things. I mean, yeah, Al Jardine is still singing singing "Help Me Rhonda," right? Uh, but there, in the beginning, you have a counterpoint now uh, with a bass by this Ray Pullman. I thought it was going to be Carol Kay, but it's actually do 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 the counterpoint to da 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 which is played by the, the late great Glenn Campbell. Um, that's oh. one big deal, right? So do 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 do, and and that's going to play a part in I think in the next the next track. Uh you also have the solo portion. In the first version of Today, there's a space for a solo, but there is no solo. <laughs> uh in the in the the this version, you have uh Leon Russell playing the grand piano going da 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 this really percussive piano part, da 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 which leads into a guitar a so guitar gorgeous. solo. Yeah. Yeah, very guitar that's it's it's great. And then the last part, I, I would say that the big difference is the "the help me Rhonda part where everybody joins in. And the first one is help me Rhonda. Yeah. A bunch mm-hmm. of guys saying that. In the second version, you have Brian going, there, yeah, you know, that hi, help me Rhonda. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it It finishes
0: <laughs> much better. Yeah. It's more tight vocally. Correct. And I didn't know that about Leon. That's really cool. Um, because I knew he was in the Wrecking Crew, but I didn't. I wasn't sure if he like played on any Beach Boys records. And so now, yeah. now, hearing that he's on this version of "Help Me, Rhonda," I was trying to figure out how I felt about the instrumental break in this version. I think it's it, it is a lot more studio made together, and it feels like you know a band's actually taking a a break, but in in the sense that like a lot of records from the 60s feel like it's got a bluesy feel but it's more like an instrumental break that to me kind of still feels like it could really go in another direction but it still is kind of you know conservative to the actual flow of the song which i have no problems with um but that's just like-
2: well it's also it is also a a beach push double right so you had that one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. That's it. Right? And that you have the the slow version or the fast version some of their biggest hits are that shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um the next track, California Girls, is a shuffle, right? One, two, and three. Right? And then uh if you slow it down, in my room is a shuffle as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. They all kind of have their the it can very much be stripped down to you know their their hypnotic beach boy feel is really just maybe bpm sometimes and like you know falling (laughs) into the same the same structure rhythmically which you know is, is very smart um it is i guess i guess that's a good point that's a good moment to flip flip it over to side two with track one being california girls now i almost mentioned this when i was You know, just briefly talking through the whole thing, but I know I I'm I'm getting used to saying this now that I like side two better consistently, but this one is like my favorite side two of any Beach Boys album that we've listened to because it's just like, I mean, so far it's it's just there's really the only one that I could go without is I'm bugged at my old man, but like. Every single song on this side, too, is just knocks it out of the park. Um, uh, but yeah, California Girls, uh, is uh, two minutes 46 seconds. Brian's lead vocals, um, they really like. I mean, this is one that Jenny has referred to on other episodes. I, this is an, this is one of the Beach Boys hits that I was unfamiliar with until like. Like I knew it, but I—they
1: really? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really—I didn't grow up listening to the song. I didn't really know the melody, um, until like it's still not drilled into my head. But I like now I can hear it in my head without having to listen to it. But like just now, really, just this this evening, listening to Brian's lead vocals, like I had like a big realization about vocals because it's so like. I mean, it's it feels good. Pet downs just melodically, but the way that he layers vocals are is so insane. Like it's so pleasing to the ear because his doubling, I think, on the lead, is it, like the way you, you're supposed to double vocals. You're supposed to nail it so you it sounds like the same thing in both sides. And obviously, it was made for in mono. Um, but. Like, his his doubling, or maybe it's just layered vocals because obviously they didn't have, maybe they had left, right, center. I don't know much about recording in the late 60s, but it's just, there's something about it where it's a little off at times, which is what they tell you not to do. Like, you want it, the vocal to be exactly the same for both takes, but it's so, like, the moments where he's off, you can hear a little low Brian voice and... Hi, and it's. I don't know if I'm the only one, if I'm crazy, but it works so well. I just, I just love his vocals on California Girls, and it's a descending melody, which is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's but, um. I I don't know. I I'm gonna have to re-listen to it uh, to listen for what you've been talking about, but just in general, um, I think this is probably my favorite, like. Beach Boys hit song after Kokomo because Kokomo will always be top tier for me <laughs> just, just because I started one. yeah started on the Kindle Fire uh so oh,
0: yeah you know about that
1: yeah it's like ingrained into my DNA now but after that California Girls um and yeah I just have like a lot of good memories of the song we'd sing it in like music class and elementary school and then me and my sister would listen to each other and like genuinely like listen to all of their dissections of each like part of the u.s and type of girls there and
0: i don't know it's just it's just funny episode on kokomo
1: (laughs) we should that's what i'm saying because isn't it there's no other there's no (laughs) other like songs like with it's like it's just kokomo right or was that on something? Because I feel like wasn't it for like a um a show that they did this that they did Cocktail. Or...
2: cocktails yeah with, with Tom Cruise yeah it's a movie
1: yeah wait Tom Best Cruise pictures. Tom Whoa. Cruise
2: he's flipping cocktails all over the place not hitting people in the face but he's juggling them around <laughs> yeah uh so with this song I mean it it's the first song that really hits the beach. On the album unless you yeah. consider salt lake lake the great salt lake having a beach <laughs>
3: um
2: so it's uh i love the intro do, 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 yeah. because it kind of sets you up and just the, the 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 horn section coming out of that not just not just everything you know the, you know, the vibraphones and all that that happened in the beginning and then you hit the carol k Great, great bass player from the wrecking crew. Bombadita, 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 right? And that's sort of bombadita is like happy trail. Happy trail to you. Yeah. But the, the bombadita, it's like you're on a horse, but you're not on a horse. You're carrying a surfboard. Bombadita, bombadita, right?
3: Mm-hmm. And then
2: you get into the whole thing about how great everything goes. <laughs> that's Mike Love going, you know, that that sets the tone because you're going out to all these different places in, on, in the U S but you're saying, Hey, you know what? There's nothing like California girls. And that's when Brian kicks in with your double tracking, uh,
3: I wish they
2: you know, all that. Uh-huh. And, uh, just incredible, incredible work. Uh, you know, by especially by how Blaine is it, how Blaine and Carol Kay, you know, the, the rhythm section there and Leon Russell's on this as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's how they do it. That, that layered production. It's so, so great. Wall of sound. It's it's, it's his version of the wall of
2: sound. That's Brian's world version.
0: Wow. Anything else, Jenny? Like, cause this, this, I mean, that's a pretty huge statement with this one being next to Kokomo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. me, Me and my sister Maddie, we get hyped to this track. It's so, it's good. Like even when you hear that beginning melody, it's so like ingrained into our brains that you already know the fun that's about to become. So you get so excited, and then it builds up, and it's like, "Oh, we're California girls." Mm-hmm. Like,
2: I mean, I don't how know. many people got picked up stakes and moved out here for for that, just for that that picture, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, of
2: everything being so idyllic. Yeah,
0: they're painting a picture. Yeah. With this.
1: they're really yeah. they're selling California hard with
0: this. Uh huh and i mean they got to it's it's their turf
1: mm-hmm. except for salt lake city which is also their turf apparently yeah apparently <laughs> um
0: yeah but great track okay so track 2 on this side let them run wild this was one that i once again really liked it, it it's kind of unexpected feel that i i i mean i didn't know where it would go but the background guitar right at the be- the beginning of the song—it's hard to describe, but it—I kind of think it has this downward progression. It's it's more of just like a an accent the guitar, but I really love how how it sounds. Um, and also when when Brian does his high let him run on the on the chorus, that's like very pet sounds. Like, I mean, any, like, falsetto Brian, like, hits close to home. And it's like, I love that his vocal sounds when he goes up there. And also, I've stolen it before. Um, And it's weird, because I haven't heard this song, uh, like, before listening to this record. But I think I've heard that same, like, (laughs) what, what that vocal does, literally. I've heard it somewhere else because I've used it before though. Like, woo-woo-woo! Like, let him run! <laughs> but, like, I've, I have I don't know. Maybe it's the Lemon Twigs because they're really inspired by Beach Boys. But like, I I just added that in a song I recorded recently, which I talked about last week.
1: We're
3: mm-hmm. also
0: using Beach Boys inspiration.
1: But really? Just, is that, like, is it the one that, um that we played with Viv?
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah, we just That'll recorded it. I, I'm, I'm tempted to send you a demo, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, I'm.
1: I'm gonna leak to it. Perfect. No, and, no I don't, I'm not <laughs> worried about that. No, I'm just like, I,
0: I need to perfect it more, you know. Mm. But it'll I mean,
1: be, it's a demo, anyways. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. It'll be done soon. we done soon, mm-hmm. but yeah anything else on let Them run is this is this one you mentioned at the beginning jenny or was that um
1: yeah this one to me was the one that kind of sounded like i don't know it's it's, it was like it acted like a road sign on the road to pet sounds for me because um just like the production style um with like a more complex complex instrumental dynamics um and i don't know more like not like psychedelic, but just like flowy, soulful ballad. Yeah.
3: Yeah, great.
2: What about so you, uh, for me, it, it's it's a uh, an interesting song because yes, it has the the uh, the precursor of pet sounds because of some of the rhythms that he runs into with the chord changes. Do 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 right um a lot like a bass player but he did write this uh, as one of his first songs that he wrote under under the influence apparently
1: oh um, yeah i also read that yeah
2: um but it's still a a, a beautiful melody um his falsetto again and when he, and it, brian you know he double tracks uh really nicely when he goes between his modal and his falsetto and it's just to me it's it's seamless. I'm sure you did a a lot of takes and stuff like that cuz that's very difficult to do. Your voice tends to crack when you go between the two. Um it's just not that seamless uh for a lot of people including myself but like Chris Isaac does it well. Brian Wilson does it excellent.
0: Yeah, totally. And um I mean back to back the next track you're so good to me. This is my favorite tune on the on the record. Um I I kind of I mean unless you count Help Me Rhonda. I mean that I I love Help Me Rhonda. Um I still kind of put it with today. Um and I'm like still trying to figure out, you know, the versions. I do I do really like the version on this record too. But you're so good to me um is one that I I also just heard this summer, but I've known it longer because i like found a, a cover on it online um by the lemon twigs but it was a live version older and um yeah it's been in my rotation all summer since then the the record version i just think it's really sentimental and very fun kind of beatlesque and pop very very poppy the electric guitar from the beginning um super catchy um yeah i just I think lyrically, it's not, like, too too complex or anything. Like, I think the first line is, like, you're kind of small, you're such a doll, I'm glad you're mine, or something like that. And it's, like, uh, I don't know, it's just a simple, like, fun love song. But I also feel like it's such a Beach Boys song, because of <laughs> lyrically, it's, like, th- sometimes things that would make you laugh, like, like, why are you so good to me? Like, how come? <laughs> how come you are like it it's just funny sometimes but i love it it's great
1: yeah um i heard that or i read that um i think this was written in maybe 20 minutes um and brian said like sometimes the the songs that take the shortest to write are the the best ones because he's like really satisfied with this track um and yeah it's just like a simple song i really like the instrument and this because I think I think it's an organ, but I'm always I'm a I'm a sucker for those for like organ sounds, um. And there there's a lot of those in um love you as well. So oh yeah, I'm on a roll with those.
2: Yes, the organ, mm-hmm. the keys. So that was a that's a Hammond, probably a B three going through a Leslie speaker. But they also took the the guitar part and put that through a Leslie speaker, which makes it oh. kind of dull but it also puts like a tremble effect there's a sweeping sound to it kind of eerie that's um, so interesting for that the uh the Beach boys actually played the instruments on this on this this album too i mean this on this uh, cut too wow yeah that's great. but you see that there's there's actually bruce johnson is, is on this thing mm-hmm. he's uh he's the one playing your organ there
0: yeah i was reading about bruce's involvement in this record because up until this point he had just kind of replaced Brian on tour and Mm -hmm. they thought he was, you know, uh, capable, um, (laughs) I guess, but they just hadn't included him uh, in the studios, I I guess, the studio sessions. But now he's finally on on this record, which is cool. And then he was in it for the long haul. But yeah, um, that's really interesting that they put the guitar through a Leslie because I've been wondering how they get like, sounds that are so today what what I would think like if it was made today I would think that it's a synth or like a key like mimicking a guitar, which I literally have done. Um not mm-hmm. because I, I needed it, but well it was a sound that I wanted to hear. But but yeah, but but in this case it's like a guitar going through a a keyboard amp or like a a Leslie amp. That that's really that's really neat because when you hear it, you're like, "Wow, this is like a guitar. It, it's played like a guitar. It sounds like a, gu- a guitar, but it has a tone that's kind of organy. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Always, they were always on the edge of inno- innovation. <laughs> the the in- they had to push the Beatles. Yeah, they, they had they had competition. <laughs> they had some serious competition. Well, the the next track. Um, reminded me of Jenny because it, it, it's uh it's an instrumental track and you've through and through really liked each instrumental track that we've listened to for the records we have. But this one Summer Means New Love. And this was my favorite instrumental that I've heard so far just because of how dreamy I think it's better than the, the instrumentals on Friends. I like those ones too but I just think this one
3: mm-hmm.
0: is it's just such like great song after great song here's an instrumental still great song like they don't need to overwhelm with the vocals
1: yeah um this track actually i had saved to my spotify like before i listened to the album um i had it downloaded because that i think i don't know if it's still but it used to be like my favorite beach boys instrumental track um and I actually discovered it in Cannes maybe, like, in the second month, um, maybe, like, right before spring break. Uh, and I was, like, sitting on the beach, and I was listening to songs that kind of sounded like it, but didn't really, like, scratch that itch, and then that came on in the shuffle somehow. And I really enjoyed it, um, especially because I think that day when I was sitting on the beach, I was feeling like a little homesick and a little down. so that. I don't know I just have really good memories associated with um that song and that's what it sounds like to me is like I'm brought back to that beach and the sun um before that creepy bald man came up to me and touched my foot but Whoa. um
0: Whoa. <laughs> I yeah tell me that.
1: yeah but um,
0: <laughs> that's what'll happen
1: yeah it yeah. reminds it's the calm before the storm but um <laughs> Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. Um but I think since I'm used to it, my new favorite instrumentals uh was that weird like diamond one on Friends that nobody else really uh, liked, diamond But Red. I like Yeah. Yeah. I liked it because it was so themed. It was so immersive. I don't know.
0: But No, I like the I like <laughs> the instrumentals on Friends. I think Friends is like great through and through. I rated it high because I think it's you know, it didn't really have any skips for me, even though it, mm-hmm eight songs or whatever. It was really short. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, the um I mean this is yeah, this is up there with them, but yeah, Diamond Diamond Head's a great one too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you, what what do you think about this one, Ed? Definitely a precursor
2: to pet sounds. Uh to the point where it was the uh the B side of Caroline No. Oh really? Actually they actually put it on the B side of the forty five. Um and uh they thought highly enough to actually cover it again multiple artists have covered it since then including uh brian wilson so
3: <laughs>
0: and
2: it's <was> crazy <laughs>
0: yeah it's a nice that's little moody piece yeah yep. i love the the added knowledge on the 45s because that's something i like never never think about well just think how they had to
2: con- they had to contain things when they felt they need to release things on, on as singles, right? But yeah. Well they had two sides. They didn't just put it on both sides. They said, No, yeah. let's put something on the other side too to to kind of sell it or or just release some some uh uh related or non related uh, uh music on there. So it's 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 interesting the the whole concept. But I my my uh, sister Anita was a big forty five collector. She probably still has them here I'll us go to look at her collection again. <laughs>
0: yeah and that's probably the main you know the main way a lot of folks heard these tracks um in in the first place, like the forty fives you know that's the single release um,
2: they're cheaper they were cheaper back then. I know the album cheaper, was only three
0: dollars, but bigger the, the,
2: yeah the back then the forty five would probably be about i don't know ninety to hundred to a dollar that's it
0: yeah, and we talked about until Beach Boys today they weren't really thought of as a group an album group. I mean the idea of an album group wasn't really a thing. Um until like definitely that concept album, that's for sure. Yeah. Like that that a band were is supposed to make like a huge cohesive project for an <laughs> album. Like that, you know, they were all putting out uh these forty fives. But yeah, yeah, totally. I, I like uh the the idea of the, the A side and the B side and how they are supposed to, you know, go together. Um the the next track is uh is uh track five i'm bugged at my old man which is when i said i could go without. but i think <laughs> I'll, I'll learn to love it maybe it's uh aka i would call it the the murray wilson diss track the murray yeah <laughs> um, almost satirical at, at times yeah like sometimes i'm just like like you're I'm, writing I'm, this on purpose
1: i'm really curious as to if it was intended like if it's actually satirical or not because some of the lyrics are so cliched and almost juvenile that mm-hmm. it's like there's
0: no like he bored no my windows I, it's so dark in here <laughs> <laughs> no. it's like,
1: but like the, i think where like where is the this beginning a cartoon one... and
0: where is this like we should be concerned about the Wilson Brothers. Yeah, at first
1: it's like it's like a caricature at first of like their image, or it's like why did he sell my surfboard, or like I got suspended from school, and then it's like it can get really like eerie later. Worse. Yeah, it's like it's like what we've been talking about with like almost every episode where the Beach Boys are just like talking about nothingness, and then they drop a bomb in the middle of their <laughs> lyrics, and it's like whoa, whoa,
0: yeah. <laughs> I cacked yeah. when I heard the song. Like I was just like laughing out loud at <laughs> moments. Um,
1: it's a
3: but, funny yeah,
0: song. It's, it's a punching yeah. piece too. Like it's it feels like it would be a ballad, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: it's just so. I don't know. What do you think? They
2: had issues. They definitely had issues. And if you have a chance, it might be on YouTube. Is uh, called. There's a TV movie from I believe the '90s called The Beach Boys, uh, an American band. Be sure to get it. it's 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 uh it's very telling. It I mean it does follow follow the whole narrative of this and and the relationship with Murray. That's great. Yeah. Wow. I yes, mean I would have yeah. killed the guy if if he ever sold my my uh my music rights. You know.
3: Mm. Oh
2: yeah. Seriously. It's a good 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 move for the business for the band. Right. Anyway. Yeah. You get a chance. Catch it.
0: And I almost wonder, because we talked about in our first episode how today was their first record after they fired him. So I wonder if they're like, oh, let's do <laughs> let's do this track.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, it's not going to be in the control room, right?
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. I guess.
0: <laughs> um, and then finally, the last track, And Your Dream Comes True, which is kind of like an instrumental, but it's instrumentless. And it's just a cappella, which I love. This is really only the second Beach Boys track I know. The the first being Our Prayer, which is like holy, um, that's on mm. from the smile sessions. Um, if smile would have turned out how Brian wanted it to. But I yeah, I, I love I love that that song, Our Prayer. I mean, anything Beach Boys Acapella is, I mean it's great. It's hard to like listen to like day to day like in the in the mix uh, in your playlist but yeah i think i loved it and it's very it's kind of like hauntingly beautiful like lyrically too like there's some some lyric about like in next summer like the last lyric and next summer your dreams will come true or something it's very pretty yeah i I like this one a lot Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember how this one goes, but I'm looking at the lyrics, and it's, it's a little, um, <laughs> I feel like I would like it, like, the, the way, what you're describing stuff, I maybe I don't remember it from my first listen, but, um.
0: It's not very memorable, like, as, as memorable as Our Prayer. I don't know if they have any other, many other acapella songs, maybe that's something Ed might know, but.
2: Yeah, I wish I did. I d I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do know that uh probably because of what what they did, you know, um uh, Beach Boys have never performed this song live. It's one of the two songs they have they have never performed live from this album.
0: Uh, Brian has,
2: but uh oh. not the Beach Boys proper.
0: Oh yeah. Maybe that's something he would have done like in like twenty ten era, like when he was redoing Smile. Maybe that's like something. Well Smile and, and I don't I saw him back in the in
2: the nineties, um, playing pet sounds at the Santa Barbara Bowl with the Wonder Mints. Oh, um they kind of rolled them out on stage and the Mints did the rest of the, the work, but it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: wow.
2: Um then they played a couple of Beach Boys, you know, uh, other other songs off of different albums. Um but yeah, it was it's such a great Great experience.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, w- w- I can't imagine what that must have been like to see Brian play. I mean, I guess they they still <clears throat> tour sometimes, but I don't know. Brian's being older now, but I know even like in the past few summers they've been playing shows. But yeah, it's yep. very cool
1: with John Stamos.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, Blackie that's from talk about. General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think one thing that we've constantly mentioned in each episode is Kokomo and John
2: Stamos. (laughs) (laughs) Well he was a it's a big
0: yeah. The two most important
1: facets of the beach boys. I think we even talked
0: about the two of those being it's Kokomo, uh John Stamos and their dad. Oh, yeah, that with Alanis as like yeah. they, those three are like our jokes <laughs> on the show reference
1: and two of them are mysteries, but well, actually, Kokomo is less of a mystery now that I know that it's a soundtrack to Tom Cruise movie Cocktail, but John right. John Stamos is still like so it catches me off guard all the time
2: you him out,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah and,
2: and Brian had nothing to do with Kokomo, nothing new what's? <laughs> no
1: what?
3: that was
2: all the The lead was sung by was sung by mike Love and, yeah, and uh probably. and uh
0: carl wilson
3: <laughs> which is really brian's
0: part like how much mike's involvement is like it's kind of alarming with the amount of hate he has like, <laughs> like he definitely does have a lot of i think from his perspective he has a lot of pent-up frustration
2: that he isn't given the credit that he believes he do but he was working with a genius, his cousin. I mean, I don't use that, that, that term lightly. It's that he was a genius, the stuff that he came up with under the influence or not under the influence. He knew what to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then took all of his, uh, his influences, including the four freshmen, which my dad was a big fan. But that's where it kind of, um, it, 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 uh, lands in my, my lap. Um, it's just incredible what what he did, and uh, you know the way that Brian can make you make you feel like you're standing on the beach, just because of the way the 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 vocals were not ooh, they're
0: ooh,
2: right? They're, 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 they were, they 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 rolled in on you like a wave, right? Especially the early stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what they're trying to do with because the, they're the big
2: Yeah, boys. Like, Mm-hmm. That like she knows me too well from from uh, today. It, so it sounds like it, the the beginning is like a ro- rolling wave, do do do, woo, and they repeat it. And I think the Beach Boys are the only people that could have done that song, or Brian Wilson could have done that song. She knows me too well that I can't tell. Way up high, right? Definitely, mm-hmm. it's it's but it. It's it's still very pleasing. It's not grating, right? Yeah. Like I would say that the. Four seasons. It's a bit grating when when uh, Frankie Valli goes way up, way up high. With his yeah, I I still don't get the appeal of that. But the Beach Boys, very smooth. It just
0: it all just melts together. It's like a winding, like upward staircase or something like. That. And descending too. It goes up Sometimes. and it comes down. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, it goes down too. Yeah, on this record too, like we talked about, California Girls.
3: Yeah.
0: So like, oh, great genius! Um, yeah, well, um, I think it's time we give our ratings. Given we have three minutes left oh, on yes. this call, um, well, Ed, do you want to start off? We we do a scarve rating on the scale of one to ten. One to ten, I would say this is about
2: um, uh, six or seven. I'll say seven uh because of me run the Redo and and California Girls and uh um I forgot what the other song was but um it's just let them run let them run um just great songs great tracks and the rest are nice fillers right it to me it's not exactly rubber soul cuz i got to compare it a little bit with the, with the beatles <laughs> but uh i mean it leads well into pet sounds and uh, i'd say yes I more pet sounds is. A nine, ten, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On my scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair, fair rating. What do you say? Well, I would say t- I would say that today,
2: uh, that would, to me, I think that's a little higher, eight, I think, because of the, the consistency with me. It just. We rated that one high, also. I think. Yeah, it's just it's, it's. I think it's just a great album with one one clunker, which is the last the last track.
0: That's it. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Jenny?
1: Um, I think this, I think I want to rate this the highest, uh, of my ratings so far, just because I like it the most, simply because of that. Um, but I'll leave space for what's to come. So I think I'm going to say <laughs> maybe like 7.7 scars out of 10.
2: Wow. <laughs> my
0: 7 decimal 7. place. It's nice.
2: That's mm-hmm. nice. That's a good rating. <laughs>
0: i'm I'm gonna give it an eight scarves because I think that um I just loved it so much. I gave today a seven and I stood by it because I really liked today, but I feel like I like this one a bit more than today in different ways because it surprised me um even though it was the studio telling them to write hits when it's Brian writing the hits like he knows what he's doing, and you know they're. I guess it's hard to give tracks like Salt Lake City, like an eight, but I do think <laughs> the, the really good tracks that I love, like carry, carry the record so much that I just love the whole thing. And um, there was a version that came out in the early 70s that I mentioned that was just called California Girls. And interestingly enough, that one didn't have Amusement Park USA or um, uh, I'm Bugged at My Old Man which that version I would give an even higher rating. (laughs) Um,
2: Nice to cut the the refuse, yeah.
0: But maybe take out Salt Lake City and leave the amusement park one. Anyways, uh, we got to wrap up because it's going to kick us out. But thank you so much, Ed, for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's been a great one. And uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Jenny, to having your dad on and getting him on the show.
1: Of course. I can't wait to see uh, Uncle Chad's chops.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll see my <laughs> Uncle Chad one, one week, maybe. Nice. We'll see what, we'll see what happens next week.
3: It's so